all love winning, but the people that say, hey, I love to win, it seems like sometimes those people are okay with losing. This is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Acre. And before we bring on our guest today, we'd love it if you take a minute to subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you're not already subscribed. And while you're there, drop us a review. We'll read it here on the show. Our guest today is David Alvarado. David is an agency owner with Ashoria Insurance. We'll find out in a second if I said that right. And has led his team to the top agency in the company for seven straight years. Considered an expert in advanced sales and retirement solutions. David has created the most agency owners in the company, expanding from Orange County to Riverside, San Diego, Los Angeles, and Phoenix office locations. David, welcome to Stay Paid. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for that introduction. And you did say, right, it's Ashura, but we just recently merged over to Symmetry. So that's right. uh, You know, it's been such a, a new transition for us and it's expanded so much. And you know, when you get uncomfortable, you just don't know what to do sometimes. And that expansion, that uncomfortable feeling, and man, it makes you do some wild things. It does, but man. I agree with you. Thank you for having you. me. I'm excited to be here. Dude, man, I'm excited to have you. So um, the audience knows uh, Dave and I went out on a speaking tour together. This guy is a mega producer in the insurance space, but also an incredible speaker. Um, I was telling Josh before we came on, I said, David has the it factor. Anybody who's been in music, I thought it was going to be a band, you know, growing (laughs) up, you know, they talk about the it factor. David has it. So he is the practitioner, but he also can teach and super charismatic and captivating. So I'm excited for you guys to get to know him. David, I'd love for you to share, man, just a little bit of your journey, your story of how you got into insurance, and then we'll get into prospecting and attracting talent. Absolutely. You know, I didn't grow up wanting to be an insurance agent. That's not what was on the vision board. I wanted to have a career in electronics, computers and programming. I like math. I like problem solving. I, you know, computers really interested me as a kid, got my degree, got a job. And when I saw the guy that was making the most amount of money, I think it was like $35 an hour and I was making 17 um, you know, I started getting curious. I was like, if that's my cap, you know, how long am I going to take, it takes me to get there. Mm. Well, I started opening my mouth a little bit, you know, I started talking a little too much and, and that does not look good in an employee or employer position where I was giving myself more value than what I was getting paid. And the moments things got a little slow, bam, I got let go. And mm. that day was probably the worst day of my life. I, it felt like, right. I was crying in the parking lot, driving home. And I get a random phone call from somebody that I don't really, didn't really like too much. It was a friend, but it was a distant friend. And um, I was in a vulnerable position, so I answered. And he's like, dude, what are you doing? I said, I'm driving home, I just got laid off. And he's like, well, hey Dave, you listen, I'm in the insurance industry, I'm making pretty good money, why don't you come check it out? You have nothing to lose. And I said, you're right, I have nothing to lose. I went straight to that office that day, my work clothes, my workman boots, and I had an interview and they told me, hey, listen, well, we can give you an interview, but you, you, let's go help you go, go home, change and come back into business attire. I was there the next day and boom, I was sold. I was like, wow, this guy, there's a bunch of Mercedes Benzes outside. Everybody's looking sharp. Everybody's wearing Rolex watches. We're in the AC. I need to be here. I went out to try to get my license and, you know, 
that saying when they say, if you don't use it, you lose it. Mm -hmm. It's so true. Mm -hmm. You know, I was in college and, and in high school, I always was able to read the material once and memorize and get an A on the test. Well, it's been two years since I even looked at a textbook and I, here I go, I'm trying to study for my license. I'm reading through this thing. I'm like, all right, I got this, no problem. I failed my test. Mm. Try it again, failed, try it again. Failed. And I'm like, what is going on here? Finally, after the fourth time, I go back to all my books. I go to the archives. I open up all these drawers. And I'm like, well, how did I register and remember information like I did before? Well, I had flashcards, highlighters, you know, notebooks, all these things. So there I go. I do all it all over again. Highlighters, flashcards. Boom, passed my test finally. It literally wow. took me six months to pass my test. Most people do not retake a test after the first time they fail. Mm, right. Oh, a second. So I get started. I'm excited. I'm, I'm hyped up. My first month, I'm doing everything that guy tells me to do. The manager tells me to do. My mentor, and boom, I have the, I have the biggest month of my life. I made forty five hundred bucks my first month. I'm Ooh. excited, you know. But what happens when you give somebody money that doesn't doesn't ever have any money? They stop working. That's what they do. They <laughs> that is so true, man. <laughs> I made so much money. I'm I'm good, you know. So the second month, I start walking a little strut. I start going in the office. I don't have to do it that much. This is easy. I don't got to work that hard. I made a bunch of money. And then the second month, it was like no sale after no sale after no sale after no sale. And it was like three weeks in. And I was like, man, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. So I had given myself six months in the industry. Like, hey, I'm going to do six months of my undivided attention. Mm. No, I'm not going to go job hunting. I'm not going to be submitting my resumes. And on month two, I'm already thinking about quitting. Mm. So before I quit, before I said, oh, you know, what, I'm going to hang up the gloves. I went to the guy that's doing the best in the office. And I said, Hey, why are you making it? And why am I not? And when somebody wants to give you the truth, man, watch out. Cause it hurts. I felt like I got punched in the stomach. It, it, it hurt. Cause he said, Dave, listen, you show up late. You leave early. You don't do what you're supposed to. You're not following the system. You're not following the scripts. You're negative, and you're sitting down just talking. You're just wasting time. Me, wow. I show up early. I leave late. I memorize the scripts. I follow the system. I I make my dials, and if I don't have the results, I continue to work. It doesn't matter if it's if it's Friday. I'll work into Saturday into Sunday. You want to go? You want to go home early at six o'clock on a Wednesday, mm. and you have you have no results. So I took that information in and it really hurt to hear that I was not being successful because of me, not because of the system, but because of me, because in my head, the leads are the problem, right? The, 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 this industry is the problem. So I went home that day and I said, man, you know, I looked myself in the mirror and I, and I said, Dave, you know, if, if you're the problem, shame on you, you're already trying to quit. So, you know, I looked myself in the mirror and I said, that's it, Dave, you're committing hundred percent. You're going to do everything they tell you to do. And if in six months from now you make it, well, congratulations, you have a new career and you're a success story. If you don't, you can always go back to electronics. Mm. So I walked in the office on Monday. I go to my manager back to his name was Sean. I said, Hey, listen, I know I've been a knucklehead. I know I haven't been following the system. And I want to tell you that from this point forward, I am hundred percent committed to do everything you tell me to do. And 
You're, I'm gonna ask for training, I'm gonna ask for mentorship, I'm gonna ask for every every type of guidance I can, and I need you to help me with that. And if I don't do everything you tell me, I want you to do me a favor, I want you to fire me. Whoo, extreme ownership, baby. Yeah. You know, I, there was no going back, I was burning the ship, right? And then he looks at me and he laughs, he goes, Dave, I was gonna fire you this week anyway. <laughs> <laughs> And I, all of a sudden, I started getting nervous. My hand starts getting clammy. My face gets white. I say, oh, why are you trying to try? I mean, I, what are you talking about? You, you know, listen, Dave, you know, you don't, you're negative. You're, you're not making any results. You're proving to everybody else that this business doesn't work. And that's not, I don't want to have that in my office. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad you came to me for one more chance, Dave. I'm gonna, I'll mentor you. I will tell you what to do. I'll train you. And if you don't do it, I'm going to fire you. Just like you said, deal, deal. We, we wrote it down. Told me what to do. How many dials I need to do. How many appointments I need to set. How many days I need to dial for. How many, how much study time do I have to do this script? And I just said, okay, I'm doing it. So I took all of that information and I said, I'm doing it. I literally blocked everybody out of my life. My, my friends, my parents, you know, people that wanted to go to lunch. Nope. I brought my lunch. I'm staying out here at, at the office while I'm working. I'm not going to be distracted. And it was like magic Mm. that same week where I just went three weeks of no sales, four sales that week, the next week, five sales, the next week, six sales, the next week, four. I became a top producer in that office in less than three months after that day, like five months in six months of the business. I bought myself a brand new Lexus. I've never had a Lexus in my life. You know, it's a big deal for a 24-year-old kid. One year in the business, I bought a $400,000 house. My dream in high school was to buy a house by the age of 25. I did it by the age of 24 and a half. Nice, man. And since then, since that decision, that decision to commit, the decision to just learn from others, the decision to say, you know what, I don't know it all. I'm going to learn from people that know better from me has given me so much, so much to gain. I mean, I, I, I got married to an amazing wife. I was able to, to, to be a, a top producer in that agency. I came over to, to a, from that point to Ashura and I became a top producer here. I became an agency owner. I became a top producing agency owner. I produced multiple agency owners from my downline. And today, you know, I, I, I've broken seven figures in this industry and it, it hasn't taken me a whole lot to do. It's just helping others become coachable, men, men, to be able to be mentored and to be able to learn even from the people that don't know anything about insurance. I tell people all the time, man, you're coming to my office. This is, I can learn more from you than you can learn from me. I can tell you that right now. Mm. Well, how? Mm. Listen, man, you know something that I don't know, and I'm willing to learn from you. And I know, I know something you don't know, but are you willing to learn from me? Yeah, man. I just want to point out, like, it's amazing. Like, you're a, a multi-million dollar producer. And if you think one decision can change your life. Like one decision. It just takes one decision. Like you're one decision away from literally changing your life. You were on the verge of quitting, on the verge of getting fired. You made one decision and that one decision has led you to now being a multi-million dollar producer, agency owner, married to a beautiful wife, kids, the house you want to live in from one decision. And I think what a lot of people miss is that it's that simple, even though it's, it's hard and discipline. Everything after the decision is hard. Yeah, but it's your one decision. <laughs> decision you're, you're, you're just one yeah. decision away. And the other thing is that it really stands out to me is, are you interested or committed? 
And you were interested when you got into insurance. We're all interested in making money. We're all interested in doing things. But it wasn't until you got committed that the real difference took effect. And you should ask yourself, if you're listening to this in the audience, if you're not getting the results you want, are you interested or are you committed? Because the committed person doesn't quit. The committed person, as Tony Robbins says, becomes resourceful, right? It's not a resource problem. It's a resourcefulness problem. And you have to become resourceful in this business and any of the businesses that we work in to actually win, man. I just love that. It can be fired up. That's awesome. <laughs> so dude, let's get into the prospecting piece of it because obviously you don't build the top agency seven years in a row. If you're not out there prospecting, you don't do what you've accomplished. So what are you actually doing from a, a tactical? What are you coaching people? What were some of even those systems that you did to continuously prospect and hunt for new business? So prospecting is ultimately number one, right? We need to have clients to sell insurance to. And our business is it's either you can go out there and shake hands and meet people, or you can say, you know what, I'm going to save my time and I'm going to buy leads. You can buy opportunity. Mm-hmm. So leads is what really is going to drive. It's going to pull a lot of time back into your pocket. So you're able to do more things that's going to make you money. So when it comes to prospecting, it really is a couple, two, two things, either you're dialing on the phone and you're dialing for dollars and you're setting appointments to book up your week or you're prospecting with people you know, love, and trust. And hey, this is what I do. This is how I, I, I'd like to help you. Let's set an appointment. And for me, I've always been focused on leads because of the fact that they can buy me time. I don't have to go out there and bug you. Hey, Luke, you want to sit down? And I know you got some kids. Let's go. Let's get some insurance for you, buddy. You know, and then you get that, that friend that just all of a sudden, oh, here comes Dave again. I was always like, <laughs> yeah, he's the insurance guy. That, yeah. <laughs> that guy. Right. <laughs> so when it comes to, to, to be able to prospect, we are all a phone call away from our next biggest sale. We are all a phone call away from our next best client. We are, you know, it's, it really is that we're going to get a bunch of no's over the phone. It's tough. You got to develop that thick skin because people don't treat people like people over the phone. Mm, so it's, true. We are, we are just a voice and people will just come at you from all different angles. And it's, it's a little sad because, you know, you, you can kind of say, Hey man, these people are, they're probably not happy on the inside, but it's okay. We're going to, we're going to just go ahead and let that roll off my shoulder and I'm just going to go to the next and I'm going to go to the next and I'm going to go to this. My, my goal is to set 15 appointments, 20 appointments every single week, because if that's going to give me a certain amount of sits, that's going to give me a certain amount of sales, and that's going to give me a certain amount of income. And now the only thing I want you to do is if I want to make more money, I can either say, I'm going to get in front of more people, or I can get smarter in front of my clients. If I can do more, I can bring more value, more education, and I can do more in the household instead of seeing more people, which ultimately takes more time as well. It's the question on every real estate agent's mind. How do I get leads? Lead magnets entice prospects to give you their contact information in exchange for something they find compelling. Discover the best practices and strategies for creating a lead magnet with our free ebook, Lead Generation for Real Estate Agents. Successful internet marketers routinely use lead magnets to grow their email lists, and with this resource, now you can too. Go to ReminderMedia.com slash lead generation and download this free resource today. That's ReminderMedia.com slash lead generation. Take action on this today.
I want to touch on the courage to make the phone calls, but how many phone calls would you, so if I'm a new agent that joins your team or gets into the industry and in insurance, I've learned this over the years of working with insurance agents. Now it's like, it's a, like you can buy leads in the insurance industry from these websites and places that people are actually asking for quotes or asking for, you know, information on insurance, which is awesome. But how many dials should I make to a lead that I'm, that I am have purchased? Like, what is your success found? And then how many leads should I be working at a time? Just what would you recommend to me if I was a new insurance agent starting? I love this question because the the fact that a new agent does not know what it takes to become successful, they have no idea. They don't even know what they're capable of, right? And today, if you're brand new, you have your skill levels low, your excitement's high, right? your, but your skill level low, you got to do more dials than me to get the same result. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I were to say you're brand new, we need to do 300 hours per day. Whew. That's going to be around four or five hours yeah. of dialing. You know, and why do you want to do 300 dials? Well, there's two reasons why. The number one reason is you got to get comfortable speaking over the phone and get those jitters off. The number two reason is the more you dial, you get better. You got that regimen. You got, you start saying the words over and over again. You sound like a pro on this podcast. I'm assuming it's not your first one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, we, we got Josh over here. The first, like the first few pro. were definitely able to tell. Dude, were this guy's ones. got the best <laughs> intro in the biz. We've been told. I mean, he's, he's a radio DJ right here. I heard it. I was like, wow, I need a voice like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it takes repetition, right? So when you have a learning curve, when you're brand new, people make the mistakes of saying, you know what? I'm only going to do a hundred dollars today. I'm only going to do 50 dollars today. Well, you're hurting yourself because you're lengthening that learning curve. When you say, hey, I'm going to go uh, in, I'm going to do yeah. 300 dials, I'm going to do 400 dials, screw it, I'm going to do 500 dials today, let's see what happens. You shorten that learning curve, so that learning curve to spike up is so much quicker. So, so for someone like me, the moment I made that commitment, that's exactly what I did. I said, you know what, I'm going to do 300 dials. Next week, next day, I'm going to do 325. Tomorrow, I'm going to do 350. I'm going to continue to beat myself and see what happens. Mm. And the results show that I was able to set more appointments. I got in front of more people. I got more confident. And all of a sudden, the momentum, the inertia of momentum just carried me. I heard this analogy not too long ago that a big jumbo jet, it takes about 80% of the gas just to get off the ground and up into the air. And the rest is just coasting. But the amount of inertia and movements that that plane has generated, it just, it moves you. So you want to have a lot of, a lot of that energy in that first one, two months, three months leads. Listen, man, there's, there's a different types of leads. The, there's good ones. There's bad ones. I don't believe in a good or a bad lead. I believe there's a good or a bad age. There's a good or a bad mentality. But if you are calling leads and you're buying leads from a place that you don't know of, or let's say you have no mentorship, man, it's uh, it's like surviving in a jungle by yourself. You need that mentorship on the leads that you're buying on, somebody that's already doing it, that they're being successful so they can help you, coach you, and help you handle the objections that you just, you're going to run out of money before you before you figure it out, so you might as well get coaching. Mm. Do you have a script, like, do you, or is it change per lead? Like, what's your typical script that you would coach people on when calling a cold lead like that? So, you know, when you are, yes, I do have a script and answer your question and the script works for every angle. So it doesn't matter if it's a digital marketing lead, 
a referral, a mortgage protection, a final expense. They, you know, the script can be, you know, just changed a little bit to fit that lead from wherever it came from. And what it really comes down to is really feeling comfortable with that script, using those words and those words now becoming your words. Because a lot of people are afraid of sounding like a robot. Oh, I don't want to sound like a robot. The truth is you're better off sounding like a robot than yourself when you're reading a script. Because you don't know if you sound good or bad. You mm. just think you do, but you don't know. And when you sound like a robot, it's monotone. Mm. And, and you're just, it's monotone and you're not putting emotion into it. You're not, you're not happy. You're not sad. You're not angry. So that monotone is better off for the client than it is for you. And then all of a sudden time starts going by. You start, you start using these words more. You start being able to emphasize certain words. You start putting energy in certain words and all of a sudden it becomes yours and the rest is history. It's so true. Yeah. The framework we teach on is memorize, internalize, personalize. So the first is you memorize frequency repetition. So that's going to be where you sound maybe more monotone. Then you internalize, you understand why you're saying what you're saying. You have confidence in what you're doing. The jitters go away and then you personalize, which is now you have an understanding. So you make it your own, you put it into your own words, your own feel. So as you teach reps, like you think about, Hey, first phase, memorize, second phase, internalize, third phase, personalize um, from a framework perspective. Talk a little bit about, like, how do you keep and attract talent? Because insurance, you know, is like a lot of businesses. You're trying to recruit and create downlines and teams and people underneath you. And you've created a lot of agency owners, right? How do you attract talent and keep them, right? And keep them motivated? Yeah. You know, talent, when you say talent, you know, that's a hard word to really you know, digest because talent means, hey, you have a skill, but most of the time, you don't have a lot of work ethic. And when I hire anybody, when I'm looking for something, I don't really look for talent. Talent mm. is cool, but it's almost like a showboat. I look for work ethic. What is your attitude like? Are you willing to grind? Because I can train you to become successful, but I can't train work ethic. So when I see somebody, let's say you, Luke, you look like a sharp dude. You look like you're a go-getter. Thank you. Let's, let's talk about what you've done, what you've accomplished, and where you want to be. And is the vehicle you're in today going to get you there? And then, you know, we'll talk, have that conversation. Usually people that I, I attract want some type of my lifestyle, something of what I'm doing. Either the car I'm driving, the watch I'm wearing, the vacations I'm taking. They're saying, man, this guy is around the world, I need, I need to be like this, I need to do what he's doing. Kind of like what attracted me when I started the business. I mean, my, my manager back then had a Rolex watch, a Mercedes Benz convertible. I was like, I that's what I want to be like. So that, that money, that lifestyle is what attracted me originally. But what kept me here is not the money, it's really the relationships. The change that, kept, that keeps me growing. I, got, I kept growing as a leader. Yeah, the impact. Growing as a person, the more impact I make on people. But I, to answer your question, how do you keep them? That is the that is the real, and you know, it's a tough one right there because everybody's a little different. And it really comes down to what motivates you. What moves, what gets you out of bed? Because some people, you know, they're like, hey, Dave, I don't really care about money. I can make five grand a month and I'm solid. Mm. And the problem with that is, is that they can't see past $5,000. They can't see the capabilities that they make $10,000, $20,000, $30,000.
What can you do more? Maybe you don't want to spend money on you because you don't care about the Rolex watches. You don't, things like the car's not that big of a deal, but what if you can take care of your family? Mm. What if your mom that's struggling, you can pay her rent? What if your, your nephew that doesn't have new clothes, you can take care of them? So you start motivating him in that factor, and then all of a sudden they're like, wow, I can, I can donate some money, I can volunteer, I can, I can do more with my money than just spending on me, because there's some people that are like that. Then the other people that want to make the money, they're like, hey, I like the bling, I like the bling. I want to be Grant Cardone rich, right? So, and and you you got that one. You say, okay, great. Let's go ahead and how much money do you want to make? Have you ever made that much money in your life? No. Okay, great. Let's cut that in half. How much have you made in your life? Well, I've made five grand. Okay, this is what it takes to make five grand. Let's see you do that. And then all of a sudden, boom, 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 they make it. All right, this is what we're going to do to make 10. This is what we're going to do to make 15. Yeah. This is what we're gonna Dude, do you're, getting me, you're getting me motivated. I might join your team. Dude, it's so good. <laughs> I heard this that uh, the other day. It really impacted me. It said, everybody wants a coach. No one wants a boss. Everybody wants a coach. No one wants a boss. Why? Because the boss nitpicks you and looks for what you're doing wrong. The coach looks inside of you and sees your greatness and tries to pull it out of you. Mm. And it's like what you're talking about right there is it's not what motivates David. It's not what motivates and grows David's company. It's what motivates and moves that person. It's seeing the greatness in somebody. And you mentioned that, hey, this person doesn't believe they can even make $5,000, but you see that they can make $30,000. And the number one thing that I would say we've seen over the years that holds people back is they don't believe they're worthy of achieving. They don't believe they actually have the potential or they actually can and deserve to achieve that. And it's like, when I think about the saying, you know, anything you can do, I can do better. Like that is an incredible principle in life of like, I want to teach my kids that no, 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 you can achieve. Like if that person can do it, of course you can do it too. Like you're worthy of achieving that. And that's what people crave in their life is they want that coach that's going to mentor them. That's going to praise them. That's going to pull out of them that greatness that's inside of them. Everybody wants a coach. Nobody wants a boss. The other thing, man, that you said that gets me going is you don't attract what you want. You attract what you are. So we talk about talent, right? And we talk about bringing people. You don't attract what you want. We all want great talents and people. You attract what you are. So if you want to get great people around you, be great. A hundred percent. You know, and, you know, I, I'm, I like to call myself the hardest working guy in the company. I, I, I will work. I'll walk in the morning early. And I'll, walk, I'll walk out late. And yes, I'll hear from my wife because I'm working a little too much. And that's my signal to, hey, I, I got to chime out. But that's where I am because I have a I have a mission, man. I, my my destiny my destiny has to be written, and I want to look back and say, man, that was an awesome ride. And some people out there are will look at that amount of work and say, Dave, you work way too hard, man. You're man, you need to enjoy some life. And, and I, you know, and, and that sometimes that's a little true, right? You just say, hey, well, maybe I do. But you know what I do enjoy? My week long vacation. I don't have to worry about a budget. You know what I do enjoy? Mm. Getting taking my family on a boat that's an eighty foot yacht. And hey, listen, we're gonna go come on this boat and we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna have lunch, good food. You know what I do enjoy? When I can go to the golf course, have some drinks, smoke a cigar, don't do all this, and not have to worry about swiping it because because the bills are gonna get paid. That's what I enjoy. Okay, just one thing though. Just invite us next time you do the 84th. Okay. That's what, that's all I'm asking. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> You're on the next trip. Luke mentioned. You know, and, oh, go ahead. And it, is true, it is true that, you know, you do have to have that family time and that one-on-one, but when I, what I'm afraid of is, is enjoying that family time in the living room, watching the box. Mm. I, I don't want to be at home enjoying time with my family and we're all watching a movie. 
I want to be home taking my kids to the park, taking my kids to, to, the, to the theme park, enjoying events. Because most people think of time off and they just so sit true. at home and they... Yeah, you want experiences, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Luke mentioned principles. Is there a principle or mantra that you tend to live by? Yes, uh, there is a couple principles and a couple, you know, mantras. The the one that always sticks to me is, you know, if you're, if you're, this is a, this is the one that I always like because the fact that it, it, it changes people's mindset, right? And it says, if you're easy on yourself, life is hard. But if you're hard on yourself, life will be easy. Wow. So good. Because I, it's like, hey, if I'm hard on myself, I got to wake up early. I got to go to the gym. I got to diet. I can't, I can't say yes to that, to that burger. I can't say yes to those fries because I, I, I'm being hard on myself. You know how many people tell me, Dave, live a little. Like, Listen, man, I only got one life. and I, I want to live it the best I can. So I want to have the best diet I can. And then the next one, you know, the, the next mantra that, I mean, there's so many of them that I, that I really live by, but I like to ask this question. I'll ask, I like to ask myself this question a lot and it, and it really pushes a different perspective on me. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Hmm. And that changes my perspective because, every, and I always look at it as there's no right or wrong answer. It just depends on how you're motivated. And for me, I hate to lose. Me too, man. Like Me too. And and it's because I just have this mindset. If I lose, I didn't do something. I skipped something. Or I took something lightly. But I always, I mean, of course, we all love winning. But the people that say, hey, I love to win. It seems like sometimes those people are okay with losing. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with losing, right? There's nothing wrong with it. But when it bothers you're just you, a loser. you just hate doing You're it. just a loser. You know <laughs> If it bothers you to lose, like that, that's something that's you'll something do everything that you can to prevent it. That yeah, is so true because, because you're ultimately chasing the best version of yourself mm. and winning is just temporary. Right. But when you lose, you realize, man, I failed me. Like, like I, I, I know I can do better than this. Right. And that's why you, you, you hate it. Right. Because it's like, it's a motivator to show yourself that, Hey, you're not living up to your full potential. And I freaking hate that. I, I want to die making sure that, you know, it's Ed Milet said he, he envisions heaven you get and you see the person you could become. And I his goal that. is to be the twin of that person. Like this is the person you could become. This is the full potential that you would have been his worst scenario. His hell would be to show up and not even recognize that person, but he wants to show up and be an identical twin. Mm. And that's just a, powerful analogy of like, that's why you hate to lose, man. Cause yeah, it's a showcasing of, Hey, we're not hitting our full potential. I love it. Absolutely. Dave, thanks so much for being here before we close out, let people know how they can connect with you. Absolutely. Um, I do have an Instagram, the real David Alvarado. That's where you'll be able to find me. Same thing on LinkedIn, David Alvarado. And I do have my website, which is uh, the elite financial professionals.com. And that's where you can find me. You can find a lot of my program, my mentorship, uh, you can also join the team. So absolutely. Thank you for that. Awesome, man. Thanks again. And thank you all so much for listening. You can dive deeper into this episode to get the show notes, as well as those links that David mentioned over at staypaidpodcast.com. Uh, and if you enjoyed this episode and want to show your support, there's two ways we ask you to do it. First is to head on over to Apple podcast or Spotify, drop us a review along with a comment. We'll read it here on the show. And the best way to show your support is absolutely free. Simply share this episode with a friend or someone in your life that, you know, needs to 
hear that. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course, you can find us on social media. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke Acre. David, amazing man. Love it. Guys, if you're in insurance, check this guy out. Really, if you're in any business, check this guy out. But follow him. You'll get tons of great content. Obviously, tons of motivation. You can tell he motivates me. Here's my action item, though, for you, right? Because we want to boil this down to an action item that you can take. 500 phone calls a day. There you go, my the man. Right. I was going to say, shorten the learning curve. Yes. Like, that's the golden nugget of the episode. I've never heard it said that way before, but it is so true. All of you have something in your business that is not executing at its 100%. And you know, maybe it's your sales calls, maybe it's your presentation skills, maybe it's something operationally. And the only way to get great at it is through repetition, is through getting in and doing it. But most of us, like David said, prolong the learning curve. We torture ourselves. Get in there and shorten the learning curve. So if it's the phone calls, man, make 500 phone calls a day. Make it happen because the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every single business is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 